Hi, I'm uh, Greg. I'm Trevor. I'm Ed. I'm Bob. Yeah, and I'm Ben. And we are a national broadcast. And we're on the Northwest Convergence Zone. Coming to you from the heart of the Pacific Northwest, with mouths as big as the Columbia River, egos as tall as Mount Rainier, smooth as the drive from Vancouver, B.C. to Portland, Oregon, it's the Northwest Convergence Zone. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Northwest Convergence Zone show. I don't know if you noticed, but we have a new version of Louie Louie playing in our opener right there. Yeah. You know nice. who that is? Uh, It'd be the Whalers and the Ventures. Right. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, uh, we got to keep it keep it local. I thought you were doing a trick question on me there for a second. <laughs> uh, uh, Rush? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this is Big D here with you and uh, trucking along through summer. Hope everybody's enjoying their time and your vacation and uh, the nice weather, getting out on the lake, whatever it is you're doing. Uh, we mostly uh, appreciate the time you spend with us, and we know that that can be a little sacrifice. It takes a little time. you got to log in and uh, dedicate some moments, but we appreciate that. And hopefully we have another entertaining and stellar show for you. But first... The man is here once again. He's on a roll. Yeah. Second time Two in, weeks a in a row. Impressive. Oh, Big Joe, how you doing, buddy? Hey, I'm doing great, everybody. Uh, glad to uh, have a uh, uh, a streak going of. Uh, <laughs> Two shows in a row. <laughs> Watch out, Joe DiMaggio. Uh, but uh, Cal Ripken, you're going down. <laughs> that's right. I call me the Iron Man now. Uh, but as always, greetings and salutations from the man cave in the city of destiny, Tacoma, Washington. Oh yeah, and Double D, how you doing, buddy? It's a pleasure to be here, like yeah. always. Summer uh, going good for you? Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I, I wish I was a kid, though. You're looking a little burned. You've been going out there and driving around in that dune buggy again. Yeah, that's. That's a. Did you know that Double D went on a poker run in the dune buggy? No, you got it. You know what? Honestly, I don't even really know what that is. A poker run? Really? Yeah. How do you do that? Well, you know what? I didn't either. (laughs) (laughs) I've heard of them, but like somebody say, I went on a poker run. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, that's great. great. What is it? So, Double D, tell us what the poker run was. Well, I. You go to each uh, place. What? And oh, oh, stop. uh, Please. What kind of place? Like the neighbor's house? Yeah, what? Like a Safeway? Okay. You start out generally at a bar. Bar, yes. I, can't, I have a hard time saying <laughs> that word. Generally speaking, I like generally. Dire- I like the direction this is going. And then you, uh, this one we started out and we picked a card. Everybody gets a card out of the deck. Card out of a deck. And then you go to the next. Everybody gets on their bike or their car, or whatever. Yeah. Goes of course, to, I was riding my dune buggy. And right. You go to the next bar. And I can't say that word. So you go to the next bar and you bar. get another card. card, and then so you go to five altogether. We went to four. Oh, so it's a four-card yep. stud. And then you, at the end, figure out who has the best hand, and then they win. And and they win. <laughs> and it was a bit, but it was a benefit. Right. And along the way, they have auctions at each bar, and uh, you know, s- specials or whatever. Very so, cool. Now, where, yeah, where was D. the where was the trail? I mean, where were you? Uh, what bars were you hitting? Buckley. Uh-huh. Buckley, and then we went to Black Diamond, and then up to Renton, Sumner, and then back to Buckley. And he, t- he told nice me ride. that at, at one point he's sitting at a at a bar, and he had a was it a Bandito on one side? Yep. And who on what was uh, uh, the 
Gypsy Joker. Gypsy Joker on the on, other side. Uh, on the other, other side of me. And they were actually chatting. <laughs> yes. So benefits do work, and they bring everybody together, and there were no gun. There was no gunplay or fighting. Well, see, well, these guys couldn't actually have guns because they're already two-time felons, and they didn't want the <laughs> third were, strike, and you're well, out. Looking out. And as everybody know, Double D looks like our legal counsel, so they were probably asking him legal advice. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and Double D was saying, you can't have two guns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I can show them how to use handcuffs. <laughs> there yeah. you go. Or how to get out of them. Anyway, let's uh, finish up because we want to say hi to Squeeze. Hey, Squeeze and Wonder Boy. Good to have you guys along. And, uh, yeah, another, you know, stellar week in the Northwest, summer-wise. And uh, it's not too long, man, before the fair starts and yeah. school starts and all kind of stuff's happening. But the thing that we're heading towards, and we hope all of you will join us for it, is Friday, August the 13th. The Summer Crush. At... The Hell's Kitchen. Yes, the Northwest Convergent Zone's first ever summer crush. Remember your first summer crush? <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, come down because you might not remember this one. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, come down and experience our first summer crush with us. It's uh, 8 o'clock, five bands. It's 10 bucks to get in. That's it. it that's it. two bucks a band. These are great bands. We've got uh, Vile Red Falcons, Sweet Kiss Mama, Clover Jane, China Davis and Jar of Flies, the ultimate Allison Chains tribute band. They're alone those guys alone are worth ten bucks. So we're throwing in a bunch of other bands for free. We want to pack out Hell's Kitchen. Flash has been real good to us. So let's pack out Hell's Kitchen. Invite <laughs> your friends. And um, the other thing is if you have a laminate, what's what are you going on about? <laughs> well, I was just gonna say, not that the other bands aren't worth ten bucks for them, each one also. Well, yeah, but yes, they're worth ten bucks too. Yes, they are they worth are. ten bucks, <laughs> but I'm just saying, if they were playing alone, they were they're worth ten bucks. Right, right. And so are the other bands if they were playing alone. Yeah, but usually you go in for five bucks. You know, well, cover charge is five. We talk. We're going to talk about that later with Flash. Yes, yes. But I'm just saying, if they were, if <laughs> we got them all flustered up. It's just my esteemed you opinion. You trying to bust my chops? No, here? no, I just I like to see. Get, he's, you know, he's been back two weeks in a row. Their feelings hurt. Oh, they're worth ten bucks, but we're not worth ten bucks. <laughs> okay, they're all worth fucking twenty bucks. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> Each. So we're charging a hundred bucks for this event. <laughs> but Everybody with a laminate, better be down there. But with a laminate, laminate it's only five bucks. Five, five bucks. That's right. <laughs> Talk about a steal. Oh, jeez. Okay, but now all I, right. Okay, so if I got two laminates, do I get in for free? No, you don't get in for free for nothing. You got to pay forty bucks. <laughs> On top of the hundred and everything else, you guys shut up, man. You guys got me all. I don't know what the hell's going on, <laughs> but I do know this. It's Hell's Kitchen. I do know this. It's at Hell's Kitchen. It's Friday, August thirteenth, eight o'clock. Just be there and don't be afraid because it's Friday the thirteenth no. and it's at Hell's Kitchen. That's where you need to be. <laughs> yeah, break the curse. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, speaking of Hell's Kitchen and the boys down there, run a great. Uh, show, uh, they're always booking great bands, and I'm telling you, those Tuesdays down there, the Tightwad Tuesdays, that's oh, the best thing going in town. No kidding. Two bucks for a taco, two bucks for any beer. We think every day should be Tightwad Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Flash, he's been doing updates on our show now for a little over a month, and we've gotten to know him pretty well. He's a stellar guy, uh, just a stand-up guy. I like him. 
I like Flash, and we had him in. We had a little conversation with him. That's how that went. All right, our next guest on the big program today is a bit of a local legend. He definitely has one of the greatest uh, venues going in Tacoma, hands down, no doubt about it. Hell's Kitchen. Our man Flash is in the house with us. You've heard his updates. We've been doing them now for a little over a month. We thought, hey, let's bring him in and have a little chat with him. Flash, welcome to the program. Hey, how you doing? Good. It's good to have you in here, man. We've uh, started this relationship where we've been, uh, you know, having you come in and do some updates uh, about your week at the at the Great Hell's Kitchen. Thought we'd get a little history about you and Hell's Kitchen and your uh, association with Tacoma. I know you've been around a long time. Uh, we had uh, Matt Driscoll in here from the volcano one time. We were interviewing him. Asked him, you know, what was his idea of the best club in town or you know who had really um helped shape tacoma and hell's kitchen was was mentioned so just curious the uh 2002 is when you guys started what was the concept behind hell's kitchen uh you know who got together and what was what was the whole thought on let's develop this this thing called hell's kitchen well uh hell's kitchen pretty much formed out of uh the band portrait of poverty uh me and one of the uh, the, the other guitar players sean um, got together with a couple of our friends and were like, you know, hey, we need to start a bar. Tacoma really needs a, a, a legitimate live music venue um, that is, m- number one focus is music, not in everything else. And music has pretty much been an afterthought at most venues around Tacoma for a long time. And yeah, you guys can sit up over there on the corner. Uh, we got a crappy little vocal PA. You're more than welcome to use it. Uh, but uh, we, uh, we were definitely, uh, me and Sean had toured a lot in uh, Portrait of Poverty and we seen a lot of places and knew what we didn't didn't want to do and knew what we wanted to do and uh so we put together a team with uh adam buff who uh had uh, owned magoo's annex over in the north end for a while and had recently sold the business so he was looking for something else to get into and we uh none of us really had any experience in the in the bar business uh besides <laughs> playing in them playing in them exactly right? and you know i'd, I'd booked shows off and on a few different places here and there and uh off and on over the years but had never really been in a uh i need to book three or four shows a week mode Mm -hmm. which is a whole different monster right and book shows that people will come in to see right because i mean you there's I mean, yeah, anybody, hundreds of bands. Yeah, around. anybody can open up the calendar and just fill in the blanks and yeah. put bands in there. But you put putting together bands that uh, other people want to come and watch is a whole different ball game. And I, I learned quickly that I couldn't book off what I liked because it was quite limited to the amount of people that would come see it. I mean, granted, there was friends uh that played in bands that were a little more established and uh were willing to come help us out early on which always helped you know we had hell's bells and melvin's and uh you know cookie and like a a real good selection of uh, quite established northwest bands in the first two weeks we were even open so that got people interested. This place is hip. It's happening. Right. Now, the first, your first location was up there on 6th Avenue. Right. And um, when you guys found that place, was that, did you walk in and go, oh, yeah, this is it? Or it was like, um, well, this will have to do when we have bigger visions? Or were you guys, when you first went into that place, were you guys planning on staying there? Or were you always looking to maybe go somewhere else? Well, we had kind of always thought about maybe stepping up beyond 
that space and getting into something a little bigger. But going into that space, we we had known the guy who owned the building for a long time already, and that building has tons of music history in this town. Um, it was the Bedrock Lounge. It was Procedo. It was the Six and Proctor Bar and Grill. It was the Central. It, you know, all before it was Hell's Kitchen. Um, a lot of names floated through there. Yeah, I mean, uh, when it was Presido, there was a point in time where Robert Cray had a weekly gig there for a nice. while. So, I mean, it was, yeah. there's, there's a, a definite a lot of musical history to that room. And, you know, it was probably um, some of the, the bigger names out of Tacoma or that had ever come through Tacoma had played that room you, in yeah. one state or another. I wanted to ask you, Flash, so there's a, a band that would like to take a shot at Hell's Kitchen. You're doing the bookings. What's the prerequisites? What are you looking for when they contact you and they want to get, sh- get a shot at playing there? Um, the the, the First thing I take into consideration for bands that aren't established and have an established draw is locality. Do you live close enough to where 20 of your friends will come watch you play? You live in Marysville and you want to play a show at Hell's Kitchen and you're a new band that has no established draw. There's honestly, there's not a whole I can do for you because I know even even if you guys draw 100 people when you play your home bar in Marysville, none of those people are going to come see you play in Tacoma on a Wednesday night because I can't give you a weekend night when you're not proven so we can try it on a wednesday night but then it's it's a horrible catch 22 because they're you know i i know that you might be able to whoever you can pile into your van with you might come and watch you play but a band that can't draw a guest list in tacoma do you get a lot of that? Do you get a lot of, because um, we get some, you know, on our program, we get a lot of people who contact us, different bands who would like to come on and be interviewed and so forth. I can't, I'm, I'm just imagining that uh, you're in your office at Hell's Kitchen or you're, e- you're going to your email address. You must just get stacks and stacks of uh, requests from bands that, you know, little known, uh, maybe just started out. They're yep. still practicing in their dad's garage. <laughs> and they're like, if we could just play Hell's Kitchen, it would really launch us. Right. And so what's uh, and because I, I know you a little bit, you're a nice guy, and it's and I know you don't want to be a jerk to anybody, but when you get a when you get something like that where it's hey, me and my buddy, we just started this band and uh, we got a couple of songs and you know we'd really like to come down and play. Do you offer them uh, you know like hey, here's how you establish yourself to get here? Yeah, I, I try and give people direction at least a little bit and you know say hey there's much smaller bars around here that are doing live music that that don't have a over 400 capacity that you know and a ton of overhead involved or you know go play those bars and when you can draw 100 people at one of those bars come talk to me right it's it's you know and a lot of times i i try and be nice i try and be nice and then it gets sometimes gets to the point where i where i have to be abrupt and just go look i'm sorry you can't do i it. can't do it right yeah. and i mean i think most people uh you know if they're young bands may not get it but i think most bands and most people have to understand there's a business end to you guys you guys have to put people in there you have to sell product which would be you know either whether it be alcohol or you're through your kitchen right or you know something at the door this isn't just a free service for people. You guys would be shut down. Yeah. And the re- and Hell's Kitchen has become an established label in Tacoma. It is the place to play. Right. And I think a lot of people have to understand that it's a privilege in some ways to play down at Hell's Kitchen. Now, what I want to ask you about Flash is, 
You're quite a historian. You've been around a long time in the Northwest in the Northwest music scene. Can you give us give us a little uh, like a quick capsule of, of Tacoma, like the Tacoma music like highlights history? Let's start back when you guys first, when you first came in and you're playing in bands here, and then what you've seen go down up to right now, like because um, there's been highs and lows in Tacoma music scene, and, we, and we've ridden it along with you. But from your perspective as a band member and also as a club owner, um, what's your perspective on where Tacoma started, where you came in, and what were some highlights, and where are we at now? Well, where where I came in to play with Tacoma, um, I, I went to Puyallup High School, graduated in 1986 and i played in a band called apple maggot quarantine area <laughs> yes. um we big in wenatchee yeah. huge in Win- <laughs> cashmere actually cashmere, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we uh w- the very the, your band sign was everywhere yep. there uh, no. we we actually we, we you know, obviously we came up with that band name <laughs> while we were driving down i-5 <laughs> yes. um we were on our way to see Einstrasen and Neubauten at Myrtle Edwards Park. They did a big free outdoor show there. Uh, That's a great name. And, uh, you know, all on our way to the. So we, like, passed one sign and we're like wow that's what we gotta name our band <laughs> and then we drove by another one so we pulled over and took pictures in front of it <laughs> so you came in uh from Puyallup high school you guys formed this band and then where's it go from there we uh we rented a warehouse space down on Puyallup avenue from um some upstanding local bikers um <laughs> They charged us seventy five dollars to use their ten thousand square foot warehouse for the night. Let us drive vehicles in there. It was basically a big kegger party. Um, got everybody in, rolled down the big roll out, rolling door, and and proceeded to have a you know big party, a huge party. Like three hundred people there. Very first, very first like established real show that we ever played. Wow. You know, and it, it was my first experience with getting trouble at school for for handing out flyers, the whole <laughs> the whole deal. But it it turned out to be a huge success. Uh, a lot of the uh, the bands that played, let's see, uh, Eternal Hate, uh, Inspector Love, and the Ride Me Babies, which went on to turn into Green Apple Quick Step, and then. You know, beyond beyond that, uh, now the, the uh, a couple of the guys were in the briefs, and uh, then uh, now uh, oh, uh, the cute lepers is Steve Ross's new band. Um, then there was that was the first show in at that place. It ended up getting tagged Industrial Noise. It's now a, a big storage place on Puyallup Avenue they got like uh, you know probably a hundred storage units in there Um, there was shows there for probably three or four months I'm thinking before the bikers started getting greedy and wanting a lot more money to use their space because they figured out that people were making a bunch of money on the shows and before they started getting investigated for whatever yeah everything else (laughs) let's be cool now (laughs) uh then uh but in that time when that stuff was going on we met we 
What year is this? What this the? is mid to late uh, April of '86. Was so we're in '86 show that okay. that I put on, and then thing lasted through the summer. Uh, there was one show, another show in particular that stuck out. Uh, Dri played at that warehouse the same day ZZ Top was playing in the Tacoma Dome, and there there was a NASCAR race on the streets of Tacoma. It was all the same day, and we sit up on top building, and it was the back straight for the NASCAR race was right underneath of us so we had like the most amazing seats and we're sitting up there smoking and drinking and watching this race it was awesome (laughs) but uh then we while we were doing that we got introduced and met uh uh like what i would consider you know the original true like tacoma music scene uh, of, of any kind of punk or alternative uh, met Girl Trouble met Jim May from the Community World Theater or who was just getting who was just getting started in uh, putting together the Community World Theater and that that's definitely the next step in the in the in the story of my world in Tacoma I, I helped Jim book a bunch of shows at Community World I think I only missed maybe two or three shows that happened there over the year uh, year and a half that it was open um some uh scream played there with a 17 year old dave grohl playing drums uh nirvana played there four or five times before they even called themselves nirvana do you remember what they were calling themselves uh skid row one time that, and then that name was taken yeah uh <laughs> pen cap chew <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um those are the two i can remember off the top of my head um dale crover from the melvins played drums for nirvana couple times there melvin's played there um soundgarden played there for nobody malfunction played there for nobody wow um this is this was this that place was that place success was a result of the the teen dance ordinance being passed in seattle to where any all-ages clubs or live music venues had to hold a quarter million dollar insurance policy to be able to have all ages shows and of course none of them could afford to do it right so all like touring bands started coming through tacoma for a while instead of coming through seattle so tacoma for a while there was the stop yeah and at least in the in the like low level punk alternative underground metal right because i remember even rancid played here would come up here and and play in tacoma and a lot of the a lot of the portland bands would start migrating up here and play here over seattle right well um let me just ask you this tacoma is an interesting place as far as uh music goes um you know if you go all the way back to the beginning you can start with and we've documented this the whalers and little bill and and there was that whole the ventures and all of that and then it kind of and then it and then it has its waves of you know then you had the girl trouble like you were talking about that sort of era and then what do you see what do you see right now what do you who who's who's making waves right now how do you see the tacoma scene right now and are people responding to it um that's tough question as far as there's i wouldn't say in my opinion there's no real standout band in tacoma right now and matter of fact we've probably we've lost more local bands in the last couple years than we've gained new ones like they head out not even that really that just losing bands for the sole fact that people can't afford to be in a band Mm-hmm. You know, we used to practice in my basement, but we live in an apartment now, and we got nowhere to practice. So right, so they had to break you know, up. Yeah, we we had it. We, we Who were, were some of those good bands that have fallen? Oh boy, now you're gonna put me on the spot. <laughs> 
Do you remember any of any just some names off the top of your head, or it's just they were they were up and coming? You they they stood out, and then they just yeah, they just, I just yeah, no one in particular that I can come up with off the top of my head, but right. it it was just you know you see a band start to show promise, and then next thing you know they're oh we broke up, uh, right. we don't have a place to practice anymore, or, you know, and I look at the quote-unquote music scene from a different perspective than a lot of people do i i have to look at it from a perspective of a band who brings people to a right. bar exactly not necessarily whether they sound whether good. they sound good right. or um, prime example of this um I, I i hate to use them as an example but foxy vallejo mm-hmm. great band sound awesome when they play but they've never brought any people right and i i look at their facebook i look at their myspace and there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pictures of them playing in front of nobody if i'm that band i don't put those pictures on my facebook profile because mm-hmm. you you're like going out and you're like yeah we've played all these shows and someone actually like looks into it and looks and sees endless pictures of you playing in front of nobody it's going to make it really hard to book you, you you've got uh you know two pictures of you playing in front of a crowd are worth more than 500 pictures of you playing you know the emp in front of 15 people or something right you know yeah right uh flash i wanted to ask you so then put in those terms uh since uh you've been involved as a club owner and with hell's kitchen who are the top draws right now who uh, really you know when they're going to play at your place they're bringing in the people yeah, because we want to sponsor those events. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, uh, there's not a whole lot of original bands bringing out good crowds right now. Um, what, you, what's a good sized crowd to you? 200 people mm-hmm. on a weekend night is, you know, it's a decent, decent sized crowd. Because right. um, I know you guys have had, well, Hank 3 was there, right. sold out. Uh, I remember, uh, you, you do get some national ice cream. I remember um, Reverend Horton Heat coming in. You right. know, that's amazing. Uh, Warren G., you know, you get some there's the notable names and those always probably draw well but that's a bigger cut out of your pocket right right well the yeah usually on, on a show like that where you know all the door and then and then some mm-hmm. is going to the artist to, right to entice them to want to play our so go drink beer on those nights yes <laughs> <laughs> but on but so back to joe's question uh is, is there somebody are there band there are a couple of bands that you have in your pocket where you're like the maybe not guaranteed but it's a better shot than others that you know uh, they'll draw Wide Eye Panic lately has been uh, a, a pretty solid uh, band that'll bring people through the door. Mom's Rocket works really hard too. They they uh, tend to bring out some people when they play. Um, the Jet City Fix go back to old standards from the old place. Uh, Top Heavy Crush until they broke up. Uh, yeah, I like those guys. Uh, the Day Brothers got. Uh, the love narcotic now um unfortunately we got to go to things like hell's bells and and national acts to really bring out a, a solid you know 300 plus right has to be something that that reaches beyond the local scene i mean now i know you guys advertise i see you know your um your listing is in uh, the weekly i think i know it's in the volcano i see it on the website and i see your name around you there's no secret you know who's playing at hell's kitchen or how to contact you guys or whatever right. so the word's out there uh i'm just curious about the people in tacoma the tacoma general population because you go to rainier's game and it's rarely sold out you go to uh you know some of the music venues 
venues and yeah every now and then it's full but mostly it's half or less and is that just is that just Tacoma and has Tacoma always been like or they just they need somebody to kick them in the butt or what, what what's the deal with Tacoma and, and getting out to these places um people would in Tacoma have always had the the mentality of okay I've got 20 bucks in my pocket what am I gonna do okay I can go pay cover and get three or four beers or I can sit on my couch smoke this bong hit and, <laughs> and have an 18 pack of strohs to myself and watch comcast and watch comcast or why right. or play xbox or playstation right. and or, a little caesar's five dollar yeah, pizza yeah exactly <laughs> and, 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 and tacoma's always been a very low budget town uh it's it's interesting to see that the the standard price for a, a show has been five bucks as long as I can remember. There's no which is ridiculous. There's though. no yeah, inflation it's, it's, at all. Yeah, I, it is. I, 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 that is one thing that just. I mean, as a consumer, I enjoy it, but that is an amazing thing about Tacoma. Ten bucks is like people look at that like, well, what's going on there? Like, why are they charging ten? Because it's five always, right? You know, and then uh, if it's twenty dollar ticket, it better be a name, right? That you're going to yeah. see, and and even then they're like, eh, I don't know, man, twenty bucks. Well, shoot, you can pay twenty bucks covers in Seattle just to go see a local band, right? You know, there are clubs there that think nothing about charging twenty bucks and even having a minimum on the drink, and you paid fifteen bucks to park, yep, and you. Five Fighting around the traffic yep. and all that stuff. So that's right. And then you got to get out of Dodge at the end of the night. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we before we wrap this up, and we really appreciate chatting with you, and, and we want to have you back in because I, I love picking your brain. You you're really uh, knowledgeable about the music scene around here and and the business end of everything. We love Hell's Kitchen and and just you know it's an institution in Tacoma. Like I said, I'm just curious about the business end of it. And I look at your you know I look at your calendar, and you guys have the great great tightwad tuesday which has got to be really you know one, one of those popular things going oh yeah it's it, it's i get told again and again that it's it's the best drink special night in tacoma and we i'd say on an average we're getting 150 to 175 people in on tuesday nights for yeah but so how just just so we know how strong is hell's kitchen right now um, you know, how, how are you guys? How are you guys? You don't have to give us numbers, but how are you guys doing as a business? And can we expect Hell's Kitchen to be around? You can expect Hell's Kitchen to be around, but I, I would definitely be lying to you right now if I told you we were prosperous. Mm -hmm. We uh, to to move to the new location downtown, we dug ourselves a pretty good hole, and we are slowly digging out of it mm -hmm. um and unfortunately when you're digging out of a hole the the last person to make any money are the people who own it right so and everybody's getting paid except us partners <laughs> and the guys who should be getting paid because you're the ones who are taking the risk right well, I just want to say this that we've been down to Hell's Kitchen lots of times, right Joe oh absolutely i I wanted to ask you one last question on the business end uh-huh. Uh, I was going to make it a best, best and worst type question, but I think I'll just say, how about for Flash, the club owner, what's the most enjoyable part of your uh, job or your, your business day, and what's the least enjoyable part of your business day? Uh, the most least en enjoyable, doing updates on the zone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hate that. Oh, are you kidding me? That's, that's most enjoyable. I, it means I'm not sitting in front of my computer, or I'm not, and I'm not on my cell phone. Um, most enjoyable day is is truthfully when I get to 
turn off the switch and you know play poker or go golfing or something like that um and the least enjoyable part of it is having to tell good bands no because i'm sorry i love your band you guys are awesome but you're not going to bring any people it's it's a it's a real hard thing to do it eats away at me and there's a lot of people out there who think i'm the biggest dick around (laughs) and i i wish they would take the time to get to know me because i'm not a bad guy that's right right. you know like like donald trump said it's not it's not personal it's just business absolutely (laughs) flash is a good guy we enjoy flash and we've enjoyed getting to know you over these you know month a month and a half or whatever and uh we hope to continue our relationship and i just want to put this out there for everybody because um here in tacoma you know we're kind of part of the music scene just in the fact that you know we interview we interview bands and we have them on here and, and we've put together some shows. In fact, we're doing one at Hell's Kitchen on Friday the 13th. We're excited about that. But you need to get out and support your local businesses. And I don't care if it's the Frontier or if it's Jazz Bones or if it's Hell's Kitchen. Of course, Flash wants you to go to Hell's Kitchen and I understand that because that's his joint. <laughs> but the fact is you, can, you need to get out there because they are disappearing. Yes. And they are closing down. And it's not because... They don't like what they're doing. It's because they're not getting the support. And we have a lot of bands around here right now, and you need to go see them. You need to get out. Tacoma, we need to get out. The South Sound, you need to get out and support your bands. Uh, All of our friends who are listening around the country, up in Canada and California, get out there and support your local venues because they're the ones who are hanging by a thread. It's not the big boys. It's not the big conglomerations that are rolling into town and putting on mega concerts. Those guys are all doing fine. It's It's the local guys and that's where the community is built that's where we go and we meet people like flash and we get we become friends with some of the staff there and it it builds a community and we help each other and that's what it's all about and that's one of the reasons that we're here and that and it's to encourage you guys to go out there and be supportive of these to lay down five bucks and then buy a couple of drinks it's not that hard and uh who knows you you might like the bands um you might find a new favorite band but the best part is you get to be with your friends and you get to have a good time and you don't have to worry about work or sitting at the computer or on your cell phone like flash said so i'm encouraging everybody to get out there and I'm not just saying that because Flash is here. This is something that I, f- I feel passionate about and sincere about. And we've been, Joe and I, we've been doing it for years and years. If we had all the money back that we put in to go into shows and stuff, we'd be like multimillionaires. Yes. So, yeah. oh, I, maybe. I, I hear you. <laughs> so, Flash, like I want to thank you for coming in. I'm sorry about the rant, but I, it's, I'm passionate about it. And we love Hell's Kitchen and just the greatest of success to you guys down there. And, you know, we just, we enjoy being just a small part of it thanks all right we want to thank flash we're gonna have flash back in here and there i mean he's uh he wanders in here and does his updates we gotta we we gotta we gotta nail him down some more because the guy's interesting and he's got lots of history man i mean that guy's been around knows lots of bands but uh all right you ever thought about that band movie or tv star or local celebrity one wondered where are they now no (laughs) (laughs) this is double d so i didn't know well yeah, because Double D doesn't even know a band, a movie, or a TV star, or a local <laughs> celebrity. Right. So how could he wonder? Double D but he can fix he... a lot of things. But for those of you who do know some of those and have ever wondered where the hell they're at, well, to answer those questions for you is the Northwest Convergence Zone Professor Emeritus of the Forgotten and the Obscure. 
our man, Rockter J. All right. Thanks, Big D. I was going to say that uh, Double D, he just wonders where he's at right now. Yeah. <laughs> we need to, we need to tell like... Double D just to shut the H up. He's been, he's, I don't know what he's doing today. I don't know, but I'm having a good time today. Good, good. I can well, tell. We're, Popped up on he needs juice. to shut his pie hole. Uh, all right. Well, this week's uh, Whatever Happened To is Northwest... Uh, Hendrix tribute artist uh, extraordinaire Randy Hansen. For over 30 years, Hansen has built a rep as the foremost Hendrix tribute around. Um, He's recognized by the Hendrix family themselves officially as a tribute act. Uh, Besides his... Tribute fans, he's uh, respected throughout the music biz. He's played along greats like Stevie Ray Vaughan, Steve Miller, Paul Rogers, Alan White of Yes, as well as original Jimi Hendrix Experience members Noel Redding and Mitch Mitchell, and also original Band of Gypsies members Buddy Miles and uh, Billy Cox. Randy, of course, from Seattle. Uh, his music is uh, also on the soundtrack of Ap- Apocalypse Now. Mm-hmm. They wanted the Hendrix sound, but they didn't want exactly Hendrix music, so he came in and did that. Uh, he's still out there doing his tribute to Jimmy, whether locally or internationally, uh, where he's uh, set to tour uh, extensively this summer in Germany. He's huge in Germany. Massive. Germans love him. <laughs> uh, his ne- next local shows are at Papa's Pub in Kent, Friday, July 30th. I'm thinking about going to that one. Saturday, July 31st at the Satsup River Rock Festival. That is a great event. Yeah, that might be great in Hoquiam. And playing along uh, with Randy are a couple friends of ours, Vicky Martinez and uh, Eight Days Clean. Eight Days Clean, yeah. So in his downtime, Randy enjoys pursuing his passion for art, where he's very accomplished in what else? Psychedelic style art. (laughs) Of course. Isn't he a West Seattle boy? Uh, I think, well, I know he's a Seattle native for sure. I think he might have went to West Seattle. And, uh, of course, Randy in uh, 1970 went to Sixth Stadium, the concert I should have went to, saw Jimmy, and that was it for him. That was it for him. He forever has been chasing to be immortalized and basically become one with Jimmy. Yes, and he does a good job of it. All right, well, uh, our next guest on the big program today is a band that we had actually at our anniversary party and we did not get to talk to them before that because they were busy and uh, some complications about scheduling and so forth so we finally caught up with them and uh, national broadcast came in today and we had a sit down with him of course ben smith who's the drummer for heart and several other bands he um he had some obligations going on uh, they're getting ready to tour and so, so he couldn't come in but i'm telling you these guys national broadcast super talented really nice guys very funny and we can't wait to get them back down into tacoma so let's have a little chat with national broadcast all right everybody welcome to the northwest convergence zone special moment here with national broadcast now for those of you who were at our first anniversary party, uh, these guys were a last-minute addition, and we were proud to do that. And they came from Seattle, and I think it was first time playing in Tacoma, and totally blew people away, laid it down like uh, we knew they would, but uh, they're in the studio with us today, and we're proud to have them, and we have Greg and Trevor, who were also <laughs> playing other members of the bands earlier. Right. But Greg, Trevor, you guys, welcome to the program. Thanks Thank for you. having us. No, it's it's great to have you guys down. Uh, like I said, we met at our anniversary party, but we hadn't had you actually on the show yet, and mm-hmm. so it's great to have you guys down. And we want to find out a little bit about National Broadcast. You guys are primarily a Seattle band, 
Yeah. That's where your base is. But I know you guys play around wherever you guys you know can can find a place to play. Yeah. And um, first of all, let me get your impressions of that night that was. Uh, that we had you guys play down at the Stone Gate. We had five bands. You guys were one of them, and you were right in the middle. I thought it was a pretty good crowd. And what what was your impression of rolling up to T Town, rolling up to the Stone Gate, <laughs> and uh, taking the stage there? Because uh, it kind of felt like home. I was I'm from like upstate New York in the country, way in the country. So it was pretty metropolitan for me actually the stone gate so that's a first i was tacoma i was blown away i was like man i think the tacoma city council board would like to talk to you uh, tacoma's metropolitan is right down their alley and trevor for you i you know i i think as a as a band or as a just a, any musician what you really want is you want to play to a room full of people who really love music and really want to be there and if they're mostly drunk, that's usually an added bonus. And and it's just you know to to, to play to a full room of people who like rock music. Yeah, uh, I mean that's really all you can ask for. So it was it was uh, it was really a fun night. Well, we're yeah. sorry you guys had to lug all your uh, equipment up and down those stairs. Oh, that right. was the biggest. Right. That was the, I think that was the biggest drag about the Stone Gate. If if there was one pullback, all the bands had to lug their huge amps and yeah. and all their equipment and everything up. Fortunately for Ben, though, we had a drum set up there, yeah. and he had to mm -hmm. lug he always stuff up. he always does that. He always bogarts the opener's <laughs> drum set. Yeah. yeah, and he's probably got more money than God and could buy everybody a drum set. Too, right. So. right. <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit about National Broadcast as a band. Um, it it came to my attention actually by Ben. Uh, he emailed me and sent me some of your tunes, and we were greatly impressed. And I'm just curious as uh, you guys, how you guys got together. Uh, you said you're from upstate New York. How'd you come to our area, this uh, the Northwest, and and then start this band? Because Greg, from what I understand, you're the lead. Uh, you're the lead vocals. I know that, but you're mm -hmm. also the songwriter. Is that mm -hmm. right? Yep. So how how did this all come together for you? And did you find these guys, or did they find you? How'd this work? Um, well, when I came out here, I started teaching at a music school. I was teaching guitar lessons. And um, I met Bob, and we just started jamming, like, 10 o'clock at night. Like, uh, after we get done after we get done teaching and everything, you know, we'd, we'd sit around and just jam. And it was just like jamming as kids, you know? And... Um, Things were cool. Bob had known Trevor, but Trevor was the the he, latest addition. He so. didn't know me in the biblical sense. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't know me in, uh, well, yeah, to each his own. Whatever. Uh, it is Seattle, you know. I mean, Trevor's not in national broadcast anymore. No. <laughs> oh, this is an exclusive. We're kicking out a member on our show. <laughs> That's right. News. Newsflash. Newsflash. I'll yeah. just I'll, I'll co-op Bob's personality. <laughs> and, <find laughs> out and so Bob and Ed and I we formed a group, um, and that didn't really work out. Just personality issues with some of the other members. So the three of us, instead of dismantling the band, we basically quit the band that we started because that, that was just easier. So uh, we got done with that, and then we had two shows booked like a couple weeks later and one was at the tractor which we were pretty pumped about that absolutely that's a good great place. venue mm -hmm. um and then we were supposed to play a benefit show at quest field which was pretty intense too and we yeah. met we met a sax well bob knew a sax player uh, named robbie jordan um 
and he knew Ben. So we all started hanging out, and then Robbie was gonna write some. Uh, Robbie was gonna write some horn lines, and we were gonna have like a really different sound with this new group, you know, that we were calling National Broadcast. And um, so he got Ben on board, and then um, Ben was actually coming back from uh, a tour with Cheap Trick and Journey and Heart, and then. He was still on the bus when I was like talking with him and like trying to <laughs> trying to send him our tunes and stuff. And he, I think exactly what he said is something along the lines of "I kind of like some of this." So I was like, "Oh man, that's awesome! Yeah. I'm almost yeah. there." <laughs> so uh, then he <laughs> so then he just I don't know he agreed to do it and I didn't know that he you know that he was hired out as a student, you know, as a guy in Seattle or anything. So I just was on top of the world, you know? Right. Is that a little intimidating making that call? He came to my house and then that was pretty, the first time I met him, you know, I'm expecting like, what's this guy going to be like? Right. Like, he's like twice my age. No. (laughs) He went straight to your fridge. (laughs) (laughs) And he came in and he was like, it was like we'd been best friends forever. And then um, we started writing some tunes and, to be honest with you, he can t- probably tell you better why he's still around, but I have no idea. He just must like the tunes a little bit. Or, All right, well, let's know, listen something. to a little bit of National Broadcast. This is the group that played at our uh, anniversary party, and but more than that, they're a great group, and they're playing around uh, the, the Puget Sound, and I think everybody should get out to see them. The title of this track is This Time Around. song is this time around national broadcast to our guest uh greg you were saying that uh um you do a lot of the writing and uh you're you're doing the vocals but in the whole process with the rest of the band as you guys are putting a song together um how does it all come together how does it all fit how does everybody contribute um well, i guess i usually sit around and uh whatever comes out i'll usually bring to the band and they'll i'll kind of look at me like what are we supposed to do with that? <laughs> that doesn't even sound like a song. You played us like a minute worth of music. So, and then, you know, before we recorded these tracks, we actually, um, we all got together and I had some pieces of some songs and um, uh, then we all just started jamming and put it together. So, well, let me ask Trevor because Trevor's the uh, guitar player and there's, uh, there's subtly in a lot of these songs some really amazing guitar licks. And I'm just curious how long you've been playing. Um, you know, how did you how did you get hooked up with these guys? Were you in some bands uh, before? And are you from our area? Are you from Seattle? Well, 
I had some compromising photos of Greg. <laughs> that, that helped to expedite the interview process, to be sure. No, you know, I'm I'm from uh, I'm from Walla Walla, Washington, originally. Yeah. All right, <laughs> some onion country. Some some onion country. Some prison country. There's, there's some convi- there's some convicted felons <laughs> right. over there. Right. But there's some booze country. over there too. Yeah. So the, the felony and the booze is a, is a timeless combination. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What, but, what uh, wine goes with Walla Walla sweets? Any any <laughs> boons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you know, and and then I um, yeah, I, I grew up in Walla Walla, and it's a small town. And I started playing uh, guitar in high school, and um, after that, I went to a music school in Boston called Berkeley College of Music, and uh, graduated. Little known from, school, right? <laughs> it's in the yeah, musical community. Yeah. <laughs> Not too many people are familiar with that place. <laughs> and then, and then I, uh, you know, I, I graduated from there, and um, and came back to Seattle. And it just be a lot of friends in town, mm-hmm. and uh, it has a really a, a lot of places to play, and a lot of musicians in town, especially for a city its size. Yes, it's a lot of stuff going on, and uh, pretty quickly sort of got myself established as a as a professional musician. I'm teaching private guitar lessons, doing session work. Um, I I had my own rock band for a while called Garrison Frost that broke up a couple years ago, and um, then after that. Um, sort of traveled all over the country. I, as a singer songwriter, and writing my own songs and stuff like that, and and sort of in in that phase of of my music, um, I met up with Bob, the other guitar player in the right. band, uh, through mutual friends, and he and I, you know, we Bob's a cool guy. Not that you would know, he's not here today. <laughs> but Bob's he introduced a, himself earlier. Yeah, yeah. that's where he had to go. I, yeah, the, I, I, he's a great guy, yeah. <laughs> and. Um, you know, we just started hanging out, and um, and he he mentioned that he was playing in this band, National Broadcast, and um, gave me a copy of the Shelter EP, the first recording that they did, and mentioned actually that they were looking for a keyboard player, they're looking for a piano player, and um, if I would be interested, would I want to come down and audition to be the piano player? Now, I mean, I'd kind of you know mess around on the you know I can plunk things out but right. like I'm not a you know I'm not a piano it's not player. Your main gig. So naturally I said of course. <laughs> I'll come down there and just murder the piano. Why not? Okay. And yeah and so you know but I, I jammed with Greg and Bob and just sort of plunked out my simple you know I, I kind of woodshedded some of the tunes a little bit and my first couple of gigs with the band were actually on keyboards. Wow. And uh, which which was a lot of fun. You know for me I thought it was like, oh this is great. I actually really like playing keyboards and piano this will be a fun opportunity to explore that. Um but as the gigs went along, it became pretty obvious that my strength was not as a keyboard player, <laughs> and that I, I could really add a lot more to the band as as a, as a lead guitar player. I, I could complement what Greg was doing as a songwriter and a vocalist right. a lot more, sort of comprehensively musically, if I ha- if if I was playing guitar. So, do you guys, as a band, do you hear any uh, uh, people giving you giving comparisons like, "Oh, you guys sound like this," or "You guys sound like that"? Because um, I mean, obviously, we have our own ideas and stuff. Because you know, when you hear something, you compare and so forth. But do you hear that, or do you? Is there are there influences that that are strong on you guys, as far as your sound, your vocals, and stuff like that? I don't know. I mean, I think most of the writing has come after you know I started teaching guitar. So, I mean, if you are what you eat, you know, I guess the only thing I can think of is I teach so much Green Day. <laughs> no, <laughs> so probably a little, that. little no. bit of dookie. <laughs> no, no, no. no uh, I'm not sure. I mean, I listen to like 
uh, the Killers and Muse and all the way to Dave Matthews or Metallica. Like, there's just such a you know eclectic. I don't and know, Trevor group of bands. So, you know, for me, I mean, I I I have such eclectic instri- uh, interests, and in, and I think, I mean, for me, um, like one of the most exciting things to be in this band with Greg as the principal songwriter is that my job is to sort of call upon as many influences as I can and come up with, with like the best guitar part for that, for that tune. And a lot of my favorite guitar players, guys like Andy Summers and the police, people like that, um, where it's not necessarily the most obviously kind of virtuosic part, but if you took that part out of the song, the song would be unrecognizable. And that, that for me is, is, is the challenge is to come into the session and, and try and play something that will really, really help enhance the tune rather than just kind of a utility um, kind of just a guitar part in the background. All right. Well, let's yeah. listen to another song. Our guest today, National Broadcast, title of the song is Wall. song is walls our guest today national broadcast greg i had a question for you and i hope i got this right reading your bio now it says that you're a physics major yeah i actually and, have a, my, yeah. and a graduate of the university of washington that's correct which is great because i'm a dog i'm also a nice. graduate of the u so <laughs> always nice. cool to be with another dog but i wanted to ask you uh greg as a rock and roll physicist, which is, I guess that, <laughs> that, that kind of puts you up there with Brian May, who's he, right. he's an astrophysicist, yep. and he's a PhD. I don't even know what that means. Yeah. But uh, Isn't that uh, physical ed? Yeah. Yes. No, no. <laughs> but, but, but of the authority, the acceptance, the confusion, the lost logic, the common sense, the homocentric, the false truth, or the advancement principle, which one is your favorite? <laughs> oh, man. I don't even know. The answer is I'll take beer. potent no, potable. I'll take beer. <laughs> beer. Potent potable. That's exactly it. No, it's been uh I graduated like a year ago and I've like I had to like almost do therapy to get rid of all that stuff. Like, yeah. just so, I mean your mind is just like going crazy to just try to hang on and well, I, well I, I thought I had to ask you a physics question, and and I went to some physics websites, and this was about the most simplest stuff that I could understand. Yeah. So I so I thought I'd go for that. But uh, personally, for me, I like the confusion principle. Yeah, that's where I'm at. <laughs> that was my entire college. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let me. Uh, I want to ask you guys. Um, about playing around, playing different venues around town and so forth. 
we have a lot of bands that come through here and they and some of them have a place they consider their home club or their home place or a uh, favorite place to play or whatever uh i want to go a little different with you guys what's the oddest place you guys have played so far where you're like i this is like how did we get here quest field Quest. How many people were at Quest when you were doing that? Well, it was a benefit show for the American Heart Association, and it actually started raining by the end of it, but we were sitting there in front of all the people who were walking in the walk for the Heart Association, so there was an unbelievable amount of people there who were not there to see us. (laughs) So I think that was... But, I mean, you know, just loading all the stuff through the, you know, onto the loading dock and, like, bringing it down, like, onto Quest Field, it was like... And being sports fans, you know, it's kind like of surreal, always, huh? Yeah, it, was, yeah. it yeah. was cool. But honestly, like by the end of the show, I don't think anybody was was around <laughs> anymore. But it was cool. It was a good. That was our first gig together. As um, you you didn't play it with us, but so that was your first yeah. gig, Quest Field. Yeah, that's it like having bad. that's like your very first concert being in the front row. It's all downhill from <laughs> there, man. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's uh, like you've slowly moved further and further back. You know, in the yeah. arena. Uh, so uh, as as a band though, would you guys have any goals? You have like um, you have like some road marks that you have set up. Like we want to be here by this time, and a year from now, we'd we'd like to see this happen. You guys, any of that going on with you guys? Or are you guys just playing it by ear. I, I I like how Greg points to me to answer this question. <laughs> Greg, the leader, hands we, it off. Uh, yeah, we we've talked a lot. I, Trevor and I sit around and we, uh, you know, because he also you know writes his own tunes and stuff, and and we both as songwriters like we sit around and just kind of hash out all these things in the changing music business. You know, it's mm-hmm. so crazy. It's not like it used to be where it's like one track mine. Like I'm getting a record deal, or else you know. I'm mm-hmm. selling my van. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's not that way anymore. So. No, you know, I, I think what's what's great about what National Broadcast is doing is that it's a like it's it's a bunch of really sort of intelligent and realistic guys in the group, and it certainly helps. You know, someone like Ben, who's just a warrior, who's just been doing it for mm-hmm. for decades. You know, I mean, to to have that sort of battle hardened perspective is good as well. So, I mean, like we're we're doing a lot of stuff working towards getting tunes of ours licensed doing a lot of stuff towards just continuing to play out and kind of stay, you know, kind of in the forefront of that thing and and just 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 staying busy in a lot of different ways. And I think that's kind of what you got to do. Didn't I see somewhere you guys uh, had put together a press kit for like Warner or somebody like yep. that? And is, is that out there? You guys putting sending press kits out to labels and trying to garner some interest? Yeah, actually, uh, Ben knows a guy down there. Who, I'm sure um, he does. Yeah, so he he's <laughs> been. We've actually been trying to get together with him and and just go down to L.A. and kind of have lunch and just see where it's at. You know, I mean, um, I think he's working with the Crossroads Festival. This guy down at Warner Brothers, like that's his big deal right now. So I'm sure he's super busy. But uh, you know, we're. I don't know. We sent out we sent out a kit, and I guess he passed it off to one of his um, music licensing um, guys. So he, we're on his radar, and then um, you know he was going to pass it off to one of his A and R guys, but we're not sure. I don't know. It's such well, hopefully that big check doors. will be written real soon. <laughs> yeah. Wanted to ask you uh, in your bio, it talks about that you guys have had the opportunity to record in uh, most of the studios in Seattle, and in the recording process. And while you're at these studios, what's most important about uh, that? The studio itself, uh, or is it the guy behind the uh, glass in the booth, or is it a combination of both? Well, I think for me, like having done a lot of sessions, not just with this group, but just in general, in, in a lot of different types of studios, I think for me, 
Um, the I mean, the most important thing is not even so much the equipment you're using. I think, or or even the people running it. I, I I think the important thing is sort of the vibe and the camaraderie in the studio, because uh, y- you can always hear when the environment is is not a positive one, or if things are forced, <laughs> or if there's sort of a prima donna in the room, or whatever it is. And and I I think I, I think for me like the most successful successful sessions I've been a part of has been where just it's been hanging out with the guys and and it's but it's still been a professional atmosphere. I mean. That, that that being said, you, you have to have you know decent, somebody who knows equip- how to yeah, run the board. Yeah, I mean, yeah. but, All right, well, but, but what about for instance some of the studios that you've been mm-hmm. in? If you've been in most of them in Seattle, where part of the uh, vibe is the studio itself, right, right, in, right. in that you're mm-hmm. in this studio where some maybe legendary stuff has gone down. Yeah, well, well, that's always great because I feel like I'm sort of. I'm sort of sucker punching the music gods a little bit. It's like, oh, this, this, this is where Pearl Jam recorded ten, and here's me just schmucking around, <laughs> yeah. just just drinking. We espresso, feel that you know? every day, and you know, so some people sort of feel like self conscious about that. I love it. Yeah, right, to just yeah. walk in there and just go. Here I am. I have absolutely no business being here, <laughs> yeah. and I'm not even going to play that well. <laughs> but but here I am. Yeah, right. and it's fantastic. Yeah, well, yeah, we think you guys play well. In fact, let's go to another song. Our guest today, of course, National Broadcast. Title of this song is "In the Dark." In the Dark's the name of the song, National Broadcast. Now, before we wrap this up, I was—I believe it was on your Facebook or something. I was reading, and you guys were rehearsing, and a couple of ladies stopped by uh, the re, uh, your rehearsal, or maybe it was recording or whatever. Anne and Nancy, couple of a uh, couple of kind of well-known ladies in the Seattle music <laughs> area. What's that like to have the Heart Sisters? Walk in while you guys are hanging out. Uh, it was actually it was actually just Anne. Um, oh, it was Anne. Just okay. Anne, and then and then her, um, I guess, manager was there as well, and it, that was pretty daunting, especially with the, um, you know, especially with the, she was going to go compromise the vocal booth for a little while, which <laughs> I'm thinking like you can't take down my microphone. Are you kidding me? So, but I don't know. She was, <laughs> so but I let her. But of course. Was she there because she because Ben's in her group, obviously, or um yeah, actually Ben knows the guys. Ben knows the guys that um that own the studio that we were in, you know, right. and or that run the studio, you know. Mm-hmm. So 
he kind of lets, you know, some people have flown through the studio. Um, Steve Cropper came through the studio. Wow. This is the guy mm-hmm. from yeah. the Blues Brothers. And, um, uh, and then when Ann Wilson showed up, it was it was surreal, you know, because my aunt is a heart fanatic and has been since I was a kid. So um, just to see her in person. And then we actually got to see her record some tracks. Cool. Yeah. Which, yeah. and not just like tracks that we never heard, like Barracuda and and uh, I think she did the song Never. So it was cool. You just learned something. And then we got to chat with her a little bit and... And you just really get to learn something about now, Joe. You know, does that make you feel old though? Because I'm hearing that a lot now from people. Oh, my aunt's a huge fan of Heart. She yeah, my grandma. <laughs> Remember when when Heart first came out? My, yeah, yeah, that's uh, funny. I think I saw him at a place that's called funny. the Aquarius uh, <laughs> on Aurora. All right. Well, our guest today has been National Broadcast Greg Trevor. It's been great to chat with you guys. Thanks for coming in, and best of luck to National Broadcast. We want to bring you guys back down to Tacoma, but for those of you who are out there. Is there a place that people, can, you guys have some gigs lined up here next few weeks, next month? Well, with our drummer on hiatus right now, um, any gigs that we line up, you know, we've got to do the sub thing and everything. And right. It's always a bittersweet deal. Right. Well, know? let so, us know. We'll post but it. We have a gig in September that's in the works and stuff because that's when he gets back. Right. So, uh, <laughs> but we're trying to line up some stuff for the summer and. I mean, ideally, we'd like to get in, you know, to some like national acts coming through and, and like opening for them and stuff like that. It's really, that's really fun. We did that a couple of times at the tractor and um, that was a great time. So good. Mm-hmm. Well, really keep cool. trucking, you guys. Uh, we, we love your music. It's, it's good stuff. And uh, we really appreciate you guys came down and played at our uh, anniversary party. You guys are top notch. Thanks, guys. Thanks for yeah, having us. Thank, thank you. you very much. So we want to thank National Broadcast, of course, for coming in and uh, coming down from Seattle and wish those guys good luck. Hopefully, we uh, when we put on another show, they can be on the bill again. That would be very I'm nice. telling you, man, that guy on the guitar. Uh, Trevor. Trevor. Jeez. He yeah, he's very good. Smoking and uh, great lyrics Greg, and stuff. Yeah, yeah Greg. Great, great really nice guys. And I, I love the question you, you lay down on him <laughs> about the physics or whatever. That's right. Well, he's a <laughs> physics major, you know, and uh, I thought, well. You I shocked gotta, him. I got to come up with a physics question and uh, <laughs> see what he says. I like that about you. All right. Well, let's do a little bit of a Hell's Kitchen update. And now it's time for our weekly update with what's going on at Hell's Kitchen. And here's Flash. This week, like every week at Hell's Kitchen, starts out with Tightwad Tuesday. $2 wells, $2 for any beer. That's right, any beer. And $2 for two huge tacos. We open at 4 on Tuesdays. Tacoma's favorite Taco Tuesday, hands down. Thursday, July 22nd, brings us to night three of the No Bullshit Battle of the Bands, featuring Job himself, The Motive, Bentside Manor, Morrison Boomer, and very special guest, Sir Guitarist Laramie Dean. The weekly winner wins $400 of merch courtesy of CUOLOUT.com and advances to the finals on August 14th, where they can win $2,500 and another $1,000 of merch, all from CDRollout.com. It's only $5 to get in, so come on down at 8 and cheer your favorite band on the Friday, July 23rd, marks the return of Astro Creek, the ultimate tribute to White Zombie and Rob Zombie. Also appearing, Clover Jane, Smooch Knob, and Mechanism. Ladies are free before 10 and just $5 for everyone else. Saturday, July 24th, all the way from the LBC, it's Warren G. He's coming to Tacoma to regulate. Helped out by the best of local hip-hop at Feist, City Hall, and Island Tribe rounding out the night. $16 advance tickets available at Hell's Kitchen and Brown Paper Tickets, and it will be $20 at the door if there's any tickets left by then. Pre-sale tickets available at Hell's Kitchen now for 
Warren G on July 24, 36 Crazy Fists on August 7th, No Means No on September 12th, and The Melvins on September 27th. Hell's Kitchen is located in the north end of downtown Tacoma at 928 Pacific Avenue. The fully air-conditioned bar can be reached at 253-759-6003 or on the web at www.hellskitchenonline.com. Booking inquiries can be made by contact Flash at 253-228-3587 or at Flash at hellskitchenonline.com. Sorry, kids. All shows at Hell's Kitchen at 21. Hell's Kitchen, 928 Pacific Avenue in Tacoma. Serving up rock since 2002. So, Tightwad Tuesdays, man. Be down there. I'm going to be there. All right. Uh, hey, uh, this has been another edition of the Northwest Convergence Zone. And as like we said, kind of motoring through summer. And uh, hope you enjoy these shows. And we got special features and stuff that we're all lining up and things that we're going to be uh, hitting you with once, uh, like, September hits. But uh, we like to keep the show rolling along. We got a lot of people who we want to talk to and they want to be on here. And, and we love to accommodate that. But at the same time, I know everybody's busy. So maybe, you know, in September, if you don't catch these shows, listen back and get caught up. So to all the to those of you who are right now in December listening to this, <laughs> hello yeah. from summer. That's right. <laughs> Merry Christmas. It's really warm right now. Remember this? It's yeah. hot. You have fans on. Christmas in July. <laughs> all right. Anyway, we want to thank all of you for listening. We want to thank National Broadcast for being here and Flash for st- stopping in. And uh, look forward to next week because we are working on a super secret society that resides right here in Tacoma. And uh, that's about all I can tell you about these guys but right. uh they are going to invade hopefully invade the cave and we're going to maybe uh, become members of this super secret society yes. if we can find our fast hats. The secret handshake all right this is big d and this is the rockter big joe and this is double d and this has been the northwest convergence zone show where all things come together all right let's get out of here with some national broadcast this is their song in the dark we'll see you guys next week you put your lights on Second guess, leave it alone. Did I? The sooner could I have tried to lose what you're winning and to live upon this fruit so I could
This has been a production of the Northwest Convergence Zone. Email us at nwconvergencezone at gmail.com.